Podcast Answer Man, episode number 170. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hey, this is Chris Brogan from ChrisBrogan.com, and you're listening to the Podcast Answer Man. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and of course, this is the weekly podcast devoted to podcasting, where I try to answer as many of the questions you might have related to podcasting new media. It's also a place where I come and share what's going on in my business as it relates to the products and services that I offer to my clients and potentially to you. And uh, we're going to start things off by telling you a little bit about what you can expect in today's extremely long show because I have so many things on my mind. Uh, you know, it, it just it just overwhelms me at times when I sit there and think, you know, it's like, oh, do I put all this in? What am I going to talk about next week? I, I should leave something for next week. And it never fails. There's always so many things that I want to talk about. So here's the situation. We're going to talk about a, a special meetup if you're in the Boston area. I'm going to talk about YouTube and now how you can now do longer videos. Uh, we're going to talk about John Wilkerson's. Uh, we're going to uh, ask. He's going to ask about using a different media host other than Libsyn or Blueberry and all these other places that cost money. He's going to talk about a free solution. Ask me what I think about it. Two webinars that I'm going to be uh, participate or actually going to be hosting very soon. Uh, Dave DeFore wants to know about video lighting and lapel mics for uh, the Kodak ZI-8. Uh, let's see here. There's a special uh, all-access pass podcast answer man group that I'm thinking about launching, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. David Heron wants to know if there's a decent rechargeable portable audio recorder. He's sick of burning through AA batteries. And uh, Chris, the professor, asked me if I'm still interested in uh, recommending Bluehost as a result of what happened to the to Scott Johnson over there at uh, Extra Life Radio. Uh, and Dave Thackeray wants to know about the, you know, he wants to say, okay, seriously, what's the potential reach of a podcast anyway? And Katie Johnson, or no, Katie Davis wants to know whether or not um, I have any kind of uh, tutorials to go along with the packages of equipment that I sell. So all of that is basically what I've got going on in this episode. If any of that sounds interesting to you, then uh, stay tuned. Let's uh, let's get this thing started. If it doesn't sound interesting to you, then check in next week. Maybe I'll say something then that might interest you. Anyway, first and foremost, folks, I am excited about going to Boston. I don't get to go to Boston very often. In fact, this will only be my second trip to Boston. Uh, first time being a couple years ago when I went to PodCamp Boston 2. It was the first time I met C.C. Chapman, uh, Steve Garfield, uh, Scott Monty, uh, Chef Mark Tafoya, and, and just a, a whole bunch of other folks. I mean, uh, Boston is literally a hotbed of social media personalities, and and I'm looking forward to to going back there and 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 catching up with some folks that I've built some pretty meaningful relationships over the last couple of years. So uh, I'm going there for a conference called Catholic New Media Celebration. Uh, Father Roderick Von Hogan is the founder of SQPN, and they have been throwing this as an annual conference uh, for the last couple of years, and I've been invited to come and speak. And I'm very excited to, to speak. And not only that, but I'm very excited to finally get to meet Father Roderick face-to-face. I mean, I mean, if nothing else, it's worth going to Boston just to meet with Father Roderick and to hang out with him. And, and I can't tell you, it's just going to be an awesome time. Uh, I, I know for a fact <clears throat> we've, we've been pos- podcasting together, uh, for, well, for a long time. We've been uh, very good friends listening to each other's content, being involved in each other's community for a very long time. And, and it's, 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 it's definitely overdue. Uh, and so I've got an exciting, you know, one of the, one of the webinar sessions that I'm going to announce, I, I will tell you, Father Roderick and I are going to be doing a webinar uh, after you know we get back and get settled from the Catholic New Media Conference. But anyway, the, I, I, I'm not sure. You can go to celebration. It's either celebrate.sqpn or celebration.sqpn. But if I'm not mistaken, I think the conference is already sold out. 
But the thing is, if you happen to be in the Boston area or live within driving distance or travel distance of whatever means of travel you have, and you want to come hang out and get to meet me or to uh, get to meet Father Roderick or any of the other folks that we're going to hook up with, I want to encourage you to come out Sunday, August 8th from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. We are going to be meeting at John Harvard's Brew House, which is in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It's just 15 minutes from our hotel where we're staying. Anyway, we're having, it's going to be called the Boston Social Media Tweet Up. And if you want details, here's where you go. You go to gspn.tv slash Boston Meetup. And I know for a fact that both myself and Father Roderick are going to be there. Steve Garfield from stevegarfield.com is going to be there. Um, we're also going to have uh, my good friend, uh, uh, let's see, Stephen Cross and his family's coming out. So I, those are the people I know of right now. If you are anywhere near Boston, please check it out. gspn.tv forward slash Boston Meetup. Would love to meet you. All right, so that is the first announcement of the day. I can check that one off. The next announcement today is YouTube. Now, this is fresh off the presses. Fresh off the presses. Um, YouTube just announced on Twitter and on their blog that you can now do videos up to 15 minutes in length. Now, for the first couple or for the last couple years, YouTube has always had a 10-minute limit on your videos, unless you're one of their partners. And uh, so, of course, the reason for this was mostly, they said, because of copyright issues. You know, the the chances of you taking a full-length movie and breaking it up into 10-minute chunks is not as, uh, I guess, appealing to some people as, as, you know, putting just the whole movie on there if you have unlimited access to time and stuff. Well, anyway... Uh, the good news here is that the, um, I guess they had n- announced that there's some kind of technology that's being used that people can monitor their content and there's this video ID system and, and all this other stuff. And it's very easy that for them to find copyright infringement these days. And why they've only bumped it up to 15 minutes instead of 30, I'm not sure. Or why don't they just go ahead and let you do an hour? I don't know that either, but uh, I'm I'm not going to complain. I love the fact that they're going from 10 minutes to 15 minutes. This is wonderful. Uh, I can certainly think of some video tutorials and stuff like that that uh, could certainly be put in there in, in the 15-minute time frame. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, the one thing I'm waiting for, though, is I want the ability to upload thumbnails to YouTube. I want to upload my own video thumbnails. Now, I know that you can go in and, and people, I, I, I understand you can put like, like a little freeze frame at either 25% through the video, 50% through the video, or whatever those percentages are. I looked at all of that stuff. It doesn't work as easy as what you think. And not to mention the fact I don't want to put a big, huge freeze frame right in the middle of a, an important video that I'm doing. It just clutters it up. And, and uh, I know you could probably set it to do the split second. And there are some people that are doing that very successfully. I gave it a shot. It didn't work out. I gave up on it. I just want the ability, YouTube, to please let me go in. I would pay you, I'd pay 50 bucks a month to do two things. I'm not kidding you. I'd pay 50 bucks a month. No, three things. I would pay 50. I'd pay, okay, I'll take it back. I'd pay $100 a month for this ability. Take Take away the 15 minute limit and give me an hour. That's That's number one. Number two, give me the ability to upload my own cont- or my own thumbnails so that I can have professional looking you know splash screens and number three, give me the ability to uh, not only hide videos from the public but to have the ability to where on- those videos can only be embedded on a certain domain so that I can actually take my my content and 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 publish it I'd pay a hundred bucks a month. I am not kidding you, YouTube. I would pay that much money if you'd give me those three options. Just saying, uh, I would I would pay it, and I, and I would I would imagine that I'm not the only person who would pay it. So, goodness, uh, just I mean, it would be nice. All right, all right. So moving along here, I'm looking at my show notes. 
The next thing I have is John Wilkerson, who called in and asked about a different, my opinion, on a different media hosting solution. So, John, take it away. Hi, Cliff. This is John Wilkerson over at JesusGeek.info, where you can find the Jesus Geek podcast and the Wired Homeschool. And my question for you for the podcast answer man is what your opinion was on using uh, the Internet Archive as a content delivery network. Uh, they allow you to freely upload files as long as they're as long as they're not copyrighted. And I was wondering what you thought about that and how that compares to, say, using Libsyn, which is a paid service, or Cashfly, or any of the other content delivery networks out there. Thanks a lot. I've really been enjoying the podcast lately, and you're encouraging me to take things to the next level. So thanks a lot, and bye. All right, John, thank you very much for that. And uh, yes, I have some opinions on archive.org. I think if you are doing this as a hobby and you really have almost zero budget to to put your content online and to deliver it out as a p- podcast, I would say archive.org is a great solution. Uh, there are There is one major drawback to archive.org, and that is download speed. Man, are they slow as snot in the wintertime. And I'm talking about sub-zero temperature snot. I mean, it, it is that slow. Um, seriously, it, it's amazing. I, I remember take, like a 30 megabyte file would take 45 minutes at times to download. Now, of course, I don't think they're always that slow, but they're certainly always much slower than a Libsyn.com, a Blueberry.com, or, or a, a Cashfly. Uh, solution and and so they're not the fastest in the world but the truth is though they will they will actually download for you and and so and it's free it it is free and i know there are many podcasters out there that that podcast and they throw their content up on the archive.org the good news is that you know when i'm subscribed to a podcast that might have that as their host you know i keep itunes running all day long so i don't actually really see those uh, download speeds. I, I mean, it could take an hour and a half for a file to download, and and uh, it wouldn't bother me because I'm not seeing it download. It's it's hopefully by the time I go to sync my phone, hopefully your file is downloaded and in iTunes, and it just goes right onto my phone. But these down slow download speeds can be extremely painful for a lot of other people, and so uh, we um you know it, you could lose subscribers if your your download is way too slow. That just just consider the fact that that's a possibility. But again, if it's a hobby, I have no problem at all. If you're a business uh, and you're just you're just not willing to spend the twenty twenty five bucks a month or whatever for good media hosting over at Lipson, I don't know how I feel about that. So if you're a business, I say fork over the cash, get yourself some good, reliable, very high speed, um, great uptime you know, kind of hosting solution. But if you're on a, I mean, a super tight budget, uh, certainly use that. In fact, one of the things that I want to do in the future is uh, I'm going to do a, a, a little uh, video tutorial package on, you know, maybe two or three or four different ways that you could podcast where it wouldn't cost you anything. Of course, I'm going to charge for the training tutorial. But as far as your investment into podcasting, if you should do, choose to do so as a hobby, uh, the only investment you would have is is the information on how to do it one times you know learning how to do it and then of course uh, you could go in and start podcasting using some of those methods and it would cost you nothing at all to to at least test out the waters and see if if podcasting is something you might be interested in uh, and of course if you ever want to be notified of when uh, a product or service like that comes out the best way to do it is become a uh, mailing list subscriber just go to podcastanswerman.com slash mailing list and with that being said uh, the folks over on the mailing list here within the next week or so are going to get are going to have the first opportunity to register for two webinars that i'm going to be uh, hosting myself here uh, pretty soon i'll tell you real quickly what they are first and foremost on august 28th of 2010 it's a saturday uh, from 11 to 1, I'm going to be doing a webinar with Pat Flynn. Now, Pat Flynn is from um, smartpassiveincome.com, 
And what he and I are going to do is we're going to actually do a, a special webinar called uh, Smart Pass, you know, pa- Passive Income for Podcasters. So we're going to talk about some different ways that you can make money with your podcast, with the with the relationships that you're building, you know, things, products and services you can offer to your audience, maybe things that you haven't thought of. Uh, if you're interested in that, if you're if you have interest in that, I encourage you really fast go to podcastanswerman.com slash mailing list. And I'll tell you what, if you want, I'm going to have a special, um, if you email me, cliff at ravenscraft.org. But before you email me though, let me tell you, the price is going to be $150 per person and it is going to be limited to 14 people. So, uh, and, and as far as the, those of you who say, well, I'll just catch that in the digital download later. Uh, it could be quite some time later. I have no idea how long before uh, you know, any product will be made out of that after the fact, or if there is a guarantee that I will make a digital product. But if you want to attend the the webinar, I certainly encourage you to do so. Uh, it'll be $150 a person. If you are interested in uh, p- passive income for podcasters, the webinar, Saturday, August 28th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, please go ahead and get on the mailing list, but also... Uh, if you want to make sure that you definitely get on the list, send me an email, cliff at podcastanswerman.com, and I'll put you on the, the pre-register list. All right, the next webinar that I want to tell you is Father Roderick and I are going to do a, a webinar. It's going to be called the Podcaster's Masterclass. And uh, this is going to be an opportunity for uh, folks to ask all sorts of questions. It's a, going to be another two-hour webinar. Uh, Father Roderick and I are going to get together and and share our experiences over the last five years of podcasting. We're going to share all the mistakes that we've made. Uh, well, not all of them. We're going to share some of the mistakes we've made. We're going to talk uh, together about some of the things that we've done that we've seen huge success in helping us to build a community, to build relationships of trust with our audience and 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 the ways that we interact with our audience. And not only that, but we will field questions from those who are registered for for the event. There will be an opportunity that we'll send out to everybody who's pre-registered to submit questions, and we will select lots of questions from those participants, uh, and and we're going to just basically have a wonderful time. And Father Roderick and I are going to be doing that on Saturday, September 18th from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So again, if you want to get on those, uh, either one of those, if you want to pre-register, I don't have anything set up online just yet because we just confirmed the dates uh, yesterday. Uh, But if you want to pre-register, send me an email, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. And of course, if you want to, uh, if if you're not ready to pre-register just yet, but you want to know when it goes live, the registration page goes live, um, then head over to podcastanswerman.com slash mailing list. Price on that one will be the same, one hundred fifty dollars. And uh, the good news is that you know Father Roderick and I, and also uh, Pat Flynn and I, I'm, I'm splitting that fifty fifty with with them. So if you want to help uh, get some wonderful information and help support us as podcasters, it is a great way to do that. All right, moving along, we have a question coming in from Dave Dufour, and Dave, take it away. Hi, Cliff. This is Dave Dufour with Theater Geeks and creative license podcasts. I've got uh, a couple of questions for the podcast answer man. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I saw that you had done a, uh, video, uh, uh, which promoted your, uh, digital, one of your digital products and, uh, probably one of the tutorials or, or a webinar or something. And I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember which it was at this point, but, um, I n- was asking and I asked on Google buzz and you don't look at Google buzz. I found out later. So I'm asking again, the, um, question I had was what is the lighting sit- setup that you're using with your video? And I noticed on that particular day, you didn't seem to be hooked up to your, um, your normal uh, mixer uh, setup, uh, but I also didn't see a lapel mic or anything like that. I just was curious as to what your mic situation was there. I know that you're using the Kodak ZI8, which I have and love. I'm just sort of like 
getting a handle on what I can and can't do with it. And it's a great little camera, but I just wondered what your audio setup was because uh, that's that's really critical with that little camera, and it's it's uh, it does well when it's set up correctly. But I wondered what your setup in the studio was uh, for that particular uh, video, and you know it applies to video podcasting as well, I guess. The other question I had was. Uh, with regard to audio audio levels, um, I know how to you know mix things so that they're you know sound good within one podcast. But do you have a workflow that helps to uh, even out the levels from one episode to the next? I, I've noticed, at least with my podcast, I'm not too bad with it, but it seems that um, you know it's it's easy to get when you're mixing one podcast and then you know you you you're doing another one that maybe has maybe a little different audio situation or you know etc et and of course i'm using some portable equipment i'm not in a studio I'm, I'm moving to different locations sometimes how do you make sure that the levels are consistent across uh, episodes so that i'm not listening say to one episode of of a podcast and then the next episode it blasts my ears out or i can't hear it or i have to turn it up or something like that uh, i'd like to keep my episodes consistent across the whole series as much as I can. Um, anyway, that's uh, all I have for now, and uh, thanks a lot, Cliff. You do a great job. All right, Dave, thank you very much uh, for your questions, uh, and, and I'll go ahead and answer them in the order that you asked. Uh, the only thing I do ask, folks, if you have more than one question, obviously, you know, what is the video and mic that you're using in the video? That can be certainly one question, but if you have like a secondary question, like you know, audio levels from episode to episode, if you wouldn't mind submitting those as two separate questions, I like to try to fit in as much content from as many different people, and I certainly will eventually get to all the questions. Uh, but submitting separate questions in separate audio files is very helpful to me. But Dave, I value the fact that you take the time to submit these questions. So please don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to complain. I just want to set the right expectations for the future for as many people as possible so I can I get as many of these questions in here. But anyway, here's the deal. Um, if you guys want to find out what video he's talking about, go to podcastanswerman.com slash products. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash products. And he's talking about the video that you see at the top of that page where I talk a little bit about my, my products that I have available. And here's, here's what I was using. Um, by the way, you're right. You didn't see the micro, you didn't see the lapel microphone. It's because it was actually clipped, um, well below, uh, the, the camera shot. So it, it didn't actually see the, the actual, um, uh, lapel that was actually clipped and pinned to my shirt. It was just a little bit below where the camera was focused. The other thing is, is you did not see um, the mixer or anything like that. The mixer was actually behind me, and I am what I was using in that is the Audio Technica MT, like Mary Tom eight three zero R as and Robert. So that's the MT eight three zero R lapel microphone. This is a condenser lapel microphone that has an extreme, it is wired, it is extremely long cord to it, and that I just plugged into my mixer, turned on the phantom power, of course, because you need phantom power for uh, a condenser mic. Anyway, I turned on the uh, phantom power, and then I just clipped that onto my microphone. Again, pretty low on my shirt so that you, you didn't actually even see it in the, in the shot. Uh, and then, uh, so that's the microphone that I was using and it, and it picks up the audio really well and, uh, does a good job. I like that. It, anything's better than getting that whole, I am across the room from the camera audio sound when you use the internal microphone that just drives me crazy. I hate to look, I hate to watch videos where you can just tell the person's, you know, across the room and they didn't, they don't have that extra mic. That's why I waited so long on getting one of these handheld pocket HD cams, until I found one that had the audio input. And that's why I love the Kodak ZI-8. If anybody's interested, go to podcastanswerman.com slash Kodak ZI-8. ZI-8. And of course, if you buy that product uh, through that link, of course, that is my affiliate links, just to let you know that. Disclose that. And also, it's a way to help support Podcast Answer Man as well. Um, anyway, so Audio Technica MT830R lapel mic. I will put that in the show notes as a as a, a special affiliate link. Yes, I do sell these as part of my you know my own podcasting equipment, but I prefer not to sell you know something like that just as a one off because the the profit margin on something like that 
isn't high enough for me to be involved in the sales process um, <clears throat> for just one product like that. I used to do that. I remember, I used to sell uh, just individual products and quote those for people. And and I, I mean, when it's all said and done, it cost me more money after the the time spent on it. So I'll put an affiliate link to to something like Amazon on there for the Audio Technica MT eight thirty R lapel mic. The other one I'll also put a link in for, with an affiliate, and and I actually did a whole review on this. This is the SEMA. SL-20LX, that's uh, SL-20LX ultra-bright LED light. Uh, This is extremely cheap. It was only like 30 bucks, and it is a super ultra-bright LED light for my videos. And I'll tell you what, I'm just going to put a link to the blog post that I did on this lighting system now, when you see that video blog post, uh, you'll see that I was actually touting a, a little tiny hel- uh, handheld Sony uh, mic, and I, and I wouldn't suggest that for professional video. But it, um, but the really go go and look at that blog post that I'm going to link to in the show notes here for episode 170, and you'll see the difference of what it looks like when I don't have the light and I'm in my studio, and when I do have this light uh, shining on me. Uh, and in fact, I, I like it so much that, you know, I was thinking about getting one of those big, huge uh, light panel LED lights. Uh, and that's certainly still potential. But to be honest with you, I really like this. And I think if I was to get like five or six of these, we're talking about super light. Uh, and, and, and I haven't decided I could get like eight of these things for the price of a of a what's called a light panel, which is a, a brand. So. Anyway, Dave, that's the video. That's the lapel mic that I was using, or that's the lighting and the lapel mic that I was using. And uh, I seem to, they seem to work great, and I'm really enjoying them. Now, for your second question, audio levels uh, f- being consistent from episode to episode. Absolutely, I do have a work uh, workflow in place. The first thing in, uh, that I do is I never record into software. I always record into a digital audio recorder. And so the, the first thing that I do and, and I put into place is I am looking at right now, I'm staring at the Ederol R-09HR uh, digital audio recorder. I'm staring at the big, huge screen here right in front of me. And I notice that when I talk that I'm, I'm hitting right at the negative six decibel range. So I know I'm right there at negative six. And when I play audio clips, uh, such as your audio feedback or the music that I have in here, I make sure that the mixer is turned up in such a way that it's pushing enough audio into the Ederol recorder so that it is also reaching right at the negative six level. So I want to always be, I want to always be between negative 12, negative six decibels as close as negative six as possible. And so I always make sure of that first and foremost. But then whenever I'm finished recording, I always hit stop. I bring the SD card over to my computer. I open up the file and I drag that file over into Adobe Audition. And then I run what's called a, uh, a multi-band compression. I actually uh, tweak the, the settings there. I, you, there's a broadcast setting. And I actually tweak the settings a little bit to do what's called my, you know, my secret sauce. And uh, basically what happens is I limit the audio. It amplifies the audio, but I limit it to negative 1.5 decibels. So every single episode that I produce is always produced where it's pretty much maxed out and limited to negative 1.5 decibels. And that's from episode to episode to episode. And, And that's how I do that. So... Um, now, as far as doing some of those things with non-Adobe Audition, I'm sure it's possible. It's not fun. Uh, so I don't do it the other ways. But anyway, uh, as far as, you know, what I suggest doing is that you get, um, you get basically, uh, you know, get in there and do the, um, the limiting of the audio. Just make sure that, that you have a consistent audio level each and every time. All right, let's move on to Podcast Answer Man. Uh, We're going to talk about um, the special all-access, behind-the-scenes, inner circle, Podcasters of the Roundtable group update. Now, if you are on our Podcast Answer Man mailing list, then you know that I sent out a message with a bunch of proposed benefits of a new monthly group that I'm thinking about starting. 
And so I basically decided that I wanted to um, provide a group and looking for a way to help consolidate some of the stuff that I get on email. I mean, I'm not kidding when I say I get between 40 to 100 plus emails a day from people asking a quote unquote, and and I'm telling you, if I was to just do a search for the phrase quick question, um, it's, it's unbelievable how many I get. And, and you know what? I love interacting with people. I love trying to provide information, but the fact is, is that I just can't keep up with all of the emails. It's, it's just out of this world how many of those things come in. That's why I have Podcast Answer Man. You know, I try to ask people, I say, listen, if you don't mind, please call this in as an audio question for Podcast Answer Man, and I promise you I will get to it. Uh, it may be a couple weeks out, but I will eventually get to your question in Podcast Answer Man. Uh, I do answer several questions in a bunch of free forums that I participate in, but I have to limit the amount of time that I spend doing that. And... Um, been looking forward to coming up with a way where I can facilitate a lot more of that style of question and not only that, to give a bunch of other benefits as well. I'm not going to go into details because the most important people that matter uh, and and will have any kind of say into whether or not that happens, it's the people on 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 my plus mailing list or not my plus mailing list, my podcast answer man mailing list. And so that message went out to 238 people. And I'm excited to tell you that I have more than 80 responses to the proposed benefits. Um, And about 40 to 50 of you, I have already responded to thanking you individually for the valuable insights and and, uh, suggestions that you've given. Uh, If you have sent me feedback and suggestions and and thoughts about the proposed benefits and some ideas there, and I have not responded to you, please know that I have not yet read your message, but I will, I will be reading it and I will respond personally because if you took the time to read my proposed message and you took time to respond and give me any kind of valuable insight at all, I want you to know I'm personally going to read through it. I'm personally going to respond and thank you. And basically what I've done at this point is I created a Google document and I am taking all of the valuable feedback and I'm dumping everything into one Google document, highlighting certain areas and underlining certain things that I want to take into consideration when I decide what I ultimately want to do with this group. And uh, I think probably one of the things that I'm going to do is eventually I'm going to create a digital audio product on how did I start this particular group for Podcast Answer Man. And uh, so again, I want to say thank you to those of you who are on the list uh, and I appreciate it. Uh, let's move on to uh, David Heron, and uh, here is David's question. Hello, Cliff. This is David Heron at davidheron.com. Uh, I basically have this question about uh, portable uh, audio recorders uh, because uh, I've been kind of irritated with... Uh, uh, basically, my experience with nickel metal hydride batteries. Uh, so I looked at all the different uh, portable audio recorders, like the Etherall. I also have a Zoom H4. Uh, uh, but all of the portable audio recorders, like the the Etherall and the Zoom H4, uh, they're all using AA batteries. And the most ecologically sound way to approach AA batteries is nickel metal hydride batteries because you can recharge them and you're not throwing them away every time you turn them around, turn around. Uh, so, but my problem with nickel metal hydride batteries is that they leak energy. This is one of the, uh, you know, my background is in electric vehicles and, uh, so I understand you know the uh, my experience with nickel metal hydride batteries is you charge them up and then over time they leak out energy, but that's not true for lithium batteries. Uh, and uh, you know I would prefer having a portable audio recorder that uses lithium batteries, but I don't know of one which does. They instead all use AA batteries. I wonder if you know of any. Uh, alternative and 
one alternative that comes to mind is this iPhone that I'm speaking into, uh, which uh, it has a perfectly fine lithium battery in it and a perfectly fine audio recorder application, except that uh, the built-in voice recorder records in some proprietary Apple format, and it also doesn't seem to have a way to plug in an external microphone. Uh, so uh, I've also seen, I think I've seen a, a recorder application for the iPad, uh, which has various knobs and buttons and whatever, and uh, it looked like it might be interesting. So uh, interested in your thoughts on that? Uh, this is David Heron again, davidheron.com. Uh, thank you all for all the great work you're doing. All right, David, thank you very much for your questions. Uh, I'll see what I can do to answer this. Um, and, and first and foremost, let me just explain to you the the I, iPhone. I think the iPhone is a great portable recording device, to be honest with you. And uh, first and foremost, uh, you can uh, use external microphones. Uh, now, I'm not sure if it works with the voice memo built-in app, but then again, I would suggest that you ditch that thing anyway. I think there's a limit uh, it may be 30 minutes. I'm not sure, but I'm sure my friend Nancy MK on Twitter can tell you because she certainly ran into it, even though I had suggested that she go and buy the Griffin iTalk application, and uh, she, which, by the way, she did after she lost <laughs> the rest of a, a session that she was going to get into. Uh, but anyway, I would suggest anybody out there listening to this, if you're looking to record with the iPhone, my favorite application to record unlimited well limited by the space that you have on your on your iPhone's uh you know S, you know hard drive uh but anyway the thing is is or flash memory i should say but it, anyway the iTalk Griffin iTalk I T A L K is all it is Griffin iTalk i suggest buying the paid version i think there's still a free version in there just go ahead and buy the the, I think it might be five bucks or something like that for the paid version. There's no ads in the paid version, uh, and and you know help support somebody who made a really cool application. Anyway, it will record. And there's there's uh, three quality settings: good, better, and best. Best quality records uh, pretty good, decent, um, un, you know, very full quality kind of audio. So I, I'm really impressed with the quality that I get that I get out of Griffin iTalk under the best quality. Um, it record it does record into an AIF file, uh, but um, you can get software uh, free on the web from Griffin's website, both for the PC and for the Mac. You open it up, and then you just open up your iPhone application. And uh, as long as you're on the same Wi-Fi network, you can just drag and drop the files right over to their desktop. And then, of course, you just go ahead and open it up in some editing software or some conversion tool software and convert it over to MP3. Uh, so I really like the iPhone. Um, it it does it doesn't have the same you know the the nice feature of stereo produced recordings, but I do like I do think it does a rather well job. Your your audio feedback sounded pretty darn good. Um, I think if you held your mouth a little bit further away from the microphone on the on the iPhone, you wouldn't get so many popped peas. But uh, outside of that, I mean, yeah, it's a great and it is lithium battery and it gives you all those benefits. And yes, you can do some external microphones. If you just go out and do a Google search and do uh, external microphone for iPhone, you'll see a lot of stuff there. The other thing that I want to tell you is um, rechargeable batteries. Now, are there some other rechargeable or other portable recording devices that have lithium batteries? I'm sure there are. I personally would never buy one, uh, and, and that's just me. Because, you know, I would not be using that. Now, I don't mind having a little portable, you know, iPhone with that battery because, you know, I, I'm, I have it with me all the time and I'm charging it everywhere I go. But I'll be honest with you, even with the iPhone, I, if I get if I give that thing some good usage four hours later, that battery, you know, four or five hours later, that battery can be completely drained. And if I'm gone for a whole weekend event and I don't have like a whole lot of time in between things, if I, if I want to record like a total of you know, let's just say I'm at eight. I'm doing eight hours of training for at, at some kind of conference, and I want to record all eight hours of that. Well, if I've got one of those retor- re- rechargeable devices, it's there's a potential that those batteries are eventually going to just that battery is going to eventually drain, and I'm not going to have enough time to to recharge it. So I like the fact that I can throw in a new set of batteries. 
I think, in fact, when I was searching for digital audio recorders, the fact that it took AA batteries was a requirement for me personally. Now, you're right, nickel metal hydride batteries, they will they will lose energy if you charge them up and just let them sit around. Uh, but I have, what I do is I carry around, um, I have in my studio here, two rechargeable, uh, two battery rechargers. So uh, two different outlets in my walls here in the studio have uh, chargers on them. Each of those chargers take four batteries. And I try to make it to where there are always batteries in that charger so that when I actually am ready to take some bat- some rechargeable batteries, they're always fully charged. Uh, so that that's, that's one of the ways that I do it. And uh, that helps out a lot. But I certainly agree. You know, if you, you take some batteries off the charger and sit them in your laptop bag, and then about four or five days later, you go to use those. Yeah, you're right. It's going to be, they're going to be depleted significantly. And, and then they're not going to last very long at all. Anyway, so that's what I wanted to share with you. Those are my thoughts there. And I hope that that helps. All right, moving along to Chris the Professor. Now, this is something that uh, came in as a Twitter message. And uh, Chris the Professor sent me a message on Twitter asking me whether or not am am I going to continue to to refer and recommend Bluehost when you consider what's going on with this whole get out of the blue campaign. Now, there's there's a little brouhaha that what happened was uh, Scott Johnson over at Extra Life Radio or uh, what, whatever the media network he has there, um, he, he found himself completely shut down. Uh, and, and Bluehost had, had certainly shut him down. And then there was this guy, his name was Randy Deluxe, who did an open letter to Bluehost's CEO. And it went on and on and on about how horrible they were and and I can't believe you've done this. And, you know, you obviously aren't, you know, wise about social media and the fact that you've let down tens of thousands of people. And, and, uh, they, you know, everybody was going, calling for, uh, you know, to ban this Bluehost and to, to everybody who was on Bluehost, you know, leave and go somewhere else. And actually, there's quite a few people that did. And, and, you know, that's certainly their prerogative, uh, and everything. But here's the situation. I want to encourage you to go to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. Again, go to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting and read the entire blog article that I wrote about Bluehost. Everything that I said about them is still true today, even in light of what happened with Scott Johnson. Now, if you, uh, Scott Johnson did finally did come around to putting a blog post telling, you know, from his own point of view what happened. Of course, we still don't get, you know, the full story. We don't know what Bluehost's side of the story is. But we do get uh, Scott Johnson's point of the story. And uh, his blog post basically definitely uh, confirmed my suspicion. And uh, it was, let's see here. Here's where it says in his article, uh, in his blog post, he says, in, Ju- in July alone, which of course he was shut down in July, not even finished with the month of July, uh, but in July alone, he writes, I had used over 10 terabytes of transferred data. I mean, okay, we're on a shared hosting account for $6.95 a month. I, for one, do not want to be the guy who's sharing a uh, a server with somebody who's burning through 10 terabytes of transfer data. I mean, we're talking about somebody who has an entire network of podcasts, you know, with each of them having, you know, thousands, if not a total of tens of thousands of subscribers putting down, you know, you know, 40, 55 mile, megabyte files to be downloaded by tens of thousands of people and expecting to have Bluehost host all those files and deliver over 10 terabytes of transferred data for $6.95 a month. I just... I just don't get it. And, and in fact, um, you know, and this isn't to complain about, uh, you know, th- this isn't to complain about Scott or anything like that. I, I think Scott's more than, uh, you know, it's his prerogative to be upset and it's his community's prerogative to, to you know, try to boycott Bluehost and all this other stuff. But all I got to say is that, you know, you just, I just 
don't see expecting them for $6.95 to host our, our media. And so if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting, yes, that is my Bluehost post. I still recommend them. I still refer them. I still think they're awesome. Now, do I think that it's tr- absolutely true? Do I think uh, Scott um, is com- being completely honest when he feels like this happened just out of the blue without any notice, that his site was shut down and it says, hey, please contact contact Billing, Be, you know, we'll explain to you what's going on, and that they wrote him a really nasty, you know, short and to the point email? I certainly believe all of that is true. It's happened to me before. But it was, I mean, but here's the situation, not with Bluehost, but I've, I've had, I've had the emails that says, dude, you're, you're, you're totally killing our network here. Please move your files, files off of here. Now, the thing is, is I, I would imagine that if he would have called Bluehost and says, you know what, you're absolutely right. Let me go ahead and move my data off of here. But can you please put my site back up so that people can access my site? The thing is, is I, I mean, really, honestly, one of the things he would have had to have done if he didn't transfer his entire domain over to another host that would be willing to host all of those things, then the problem would he would have run into would have been the fact that he would actually had to gone into all previous episodes and upload and updated the file URLs to all of his new file locations. But you know, if he moved it over to another place, you know, I would expect to be able to pay somewhere around two hundred, maybe three hundred bucks a month to be able to do the kind of uh, data, you know, bandwidth usage that he's using there. You're not going to get that on a shared hosting for six ninety five a month. But again, if you look at the bottom of the blog post at podcastanswerman.com slash hosting, uh, at the very bottom of that post, I have some interaction with uh, with a Bluehost employee via chat. And it's there word for word. And I will say that Bluehost, you guys need to put something in writing that says you do not host media files for MP3 or for podcasts. They need to put that in writing. But with that being said, I think it's, you know, Scott Johnson in his blog post, he says, listen, you know, you go to Sizzler, you know, and it says you can have all the stink and shrimp you want. Uh, but you, you know, it's kind of like the situation he, he gave a metaphor where, you know, you're there for four and a half hours and you're still asking them to fill up your plate. And the guy's like, dude, it's Friday night. Let somebody else come in and have some shrimp. But you're like, no, you said I get all I want and as I can eat as much as I want. And all of a sudden he's like, he wants to eat all night long. And you know what? You go into an all you can eat buffet and there is an implied limit. I mean, seriously, I I mean I just think that this was an I just think this was a situation where I think you you maybe just assuming too much that you can you can get by with with that and I've never ever allowed anybody to to take my advice of moving to Bluehost without me having a very long conversation about the fact that yeah you could probably get by with putting your first couple episodes there on Bluehost uh and and you know chances are you're not going to get any kind of red flags but man if if something happens you get dig.com go to the front page or or oprah mentions you on her blog or something like that and all of a sudden you get that 50 megabyte file for your first 8 episodes and you know 200,000 people go download them guess what your site's getting shut down too with little notice uh so that's just the reality of it so Unlimited is not unlimited. All right. So with that being said, I want to answer the question, do I still recommend Bluehost? And I want to say I still strongly recommend Bluehost, uh, especially over, you know, GoDaddy, you know, and, and a bunch of other services that I've personally partic- you know, used and my clients have used. Out of all the web hosts that I've used, Blue Daddy does have, in my opinion, the best customer service. They have, you know, they have the best uh, file transfer speeds for FTP. They have a very good uptime and, and all of that stuff. Now, I read the email. I read the email that he got from Bluehost. Is it bad? Absolutely, it's bad. Was it handled in the best way? No, it wasn't. But and and so Eric, my good friend and co-host for Social Media Serenity, says, "Hey Cliff, you know you got to admit though that you know that's pretty crappy customer service. I think I would probably quit using them just because of that." And I says, "Well, go to YouTube.com and check out my uh, my my experience. I did a whole YouTube video about the horrible experience I had with an Apple Store employee who lectured my wife." 
And I mean, I was so ticked. I did a YouTube video about it. Now, does that mean I'm going to stop recommending, uh, you know, the iPad or the iPod, you know, the iPhone or the, you know, 27 inch iMac? No, I strongly recommend people go out and still get Apple products. I think Apple products are great. I think Apple customer support is awesome. I love the Genius Bar. But yes, I went into the Kenwood Apple store. I hung out there for a little while and I worked with this little guy and I know his name. I won't call him out by name. Uh, I th- I think he knows who I am at this point because, uh, well, he does. But anyway, uh, the situation is, though, I had a really bad experience with customer support and with their customer service. But it does it's not a reflection of the overall experience. So I will say that, yeah, it really sucked what happened with Scott Johnson. And I feel horrible. And I know what those kind of things feel like. But... Bluehost is still a great company, and I fully endorse them. And if you decide to go with them, I am full disclosure here. I have an affiliate code uh, over there at podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. If you decide to sign up for them, I will tell you I'll get 65 bucks. And I know that, folks, every time I say that, you say, hey, Cliff, if you actually switch your hosting, your affiliate code over to this place, you actually get more money. And that may be true, but you know what? I, I get I get my checks every month from Bluehost and and, and I kind of like the fact that you know it's definitely working and so that's cool too. Uh, but anyway, Bluehost strongly recommend them in spite of what you may see on Twitter for you know the next you know week or so. All right, moving along, uh, Dave Thackeray he has a question and here is his feedback. Good morning to you, Cliff. It's Dave Thackeray from wordandmouth.com here in the UK. I'm a keen podcaster and I provide podcasts for clients here in Europe. But yesterday I had a nag about the whole podcast scene here and wrote a blog post about it on my website. Bit of a half-baked business site, but the nub of the question is this. See, I love podcasting and really enjoy helping others get the message across in a really upbeat and friendly way. I believe that pound for pound, there's no better way of delivering incredible content that's packed with personality. But let's get real about the potential reach of podcasting. I love it when people say to me, it's like radio, but time shifted. But then if it was like radio, you'd just hit the on button and your podcast would be piped out of a box without anybody ever having to download anything to a device and find the time to listen. So my question, Cliff, to you as the podcast answer man is, am I just being a cynic here? Should we forget about podcasting going truly mainstream with ease of access that most people crave and just settle for the fact that by and large, digital audio shows will largely be consumed by techies who just don't want the easy way out. They don't want to just hit play and listen. What's your thoughts on that? Anyway, great show. Look forward to hearing many more from you. All the best, Dave. Dave, thank you very much. I think you are being a little cynical, to be honest with you. And as far as it being mainstream, that depends on, I guess, what your terminology and phraseology and all that stuff has to do when you think about how you define mainstream. But I will tell you with, uh, let's say, the Grey's Anatomy fan podcast. This is a this is a podcast that my wife and I have done, uh, and uh, it's not currently in production at this very moment. But uh, you know, when it was, we had about five to seven thousand downloads per episode, and I will tell you, a majority of those people who uh, listened and subscribed to that podcast, it was their very first ever podcast experience for Grey's Anatomy. How did they find me? We put a we were out on iTunes or and of course people were searching for, you know, can I download the TV show because I missed it in iTunes. Uh there's you know soundtracks and stuff like that you people search for and they then they see the podcast. But not only that, but we would title our shows uh according to the title of the TV episode and we would put show notes about the things that we discussed in those and whenever people would search on Google, certain episodes of our podcast would show up as a uh, as a result. And did those people need to have specialized software and learn how to use RSS feeds or anything like that to listen and and enjoy our content? No. They basically did a search on something on Google, 
our site pulls up and lo and behold, there's show notes there. It says, in this episode, we talk about this. And at the top of the button, it says, click play above or, you know, right click here to download. They click the little play button. And before they know it, they have been just now introduced to the world of podcasting. And I will tell you, it's sometimes it takes maybe 8, 10, 15 episodes before they figure out what a podcast is and that, oh my gosh, I can take this with me. And I can't tell you the countless number of people who have gone out and bought an iPod or a, an MP3 device simply because they first learned about podcasting from us. And today they are hardcore fans of podcasting. So I think there's a lot of potential out there. I am. I actually have several podcasts that are not technology-driven, not even in the least, and people are finding them as a result of Google searches, and they're clicking play on the site, and eventually we're bringing them into the understanding of what a podcast is, and uh, it certainly works. So I believe I've broken into the mainstream with podcasting, and I believe anybody out there can the important thing is that you don't force everybody to download your show. One of the things that I hate, if you have a po- if you're a podcaster and you have a website and if I come to your website and I click on the show notes for one of your one of your episodes, I despise it when I do not see the ability for me to click a button and and hit play and immediately listen to your your audio without having to leave your page. I think that is just atrocious. And of course that just puts all kinds of hoops and barriers and hurdles for people to jump through to be able to to enjoy your content. Uh, so I think we as podcasters can make this stuff very easy. And I think it's t- certainly worth uh, educating the, the folks out there. And in fact, one of the things, one of my favorite things to do is to actually sit down and go to, to conferences and network meetings and, and, and meet new people and say, you know, and, and, and to have conversations with them. And when they say, hey, what do you do? I don't even tell them about podcasting. Sometimes I'll just say, hey, I do an inter- internet talk radio show about this topic that we're talking about. And it's like, really, you do? And I just give them the website. I don't tell them about a podcast. I don't tell them that they can download it. I say, just go to this podcast. Go, go to virtualassistantpodcast.com. That's all you do. Go to virtualassistantpodcast.com and click play on any of the episodes there. And people, I mean, I'm just talking to regular normal business people. They've never heard of a podcast before. And they immediately go to a website that I give them and they start listening. And I introduce them as their first experience with a podcast. So absolutely. All right. Moving along to, I think now, the last call of the day. And this is Katie Davis. Hi, Cliff. This is Katie Davis from the podcast Brain Burps About Books. And, of course, this is a question for the podcast Answer Man show. I want to thank you so much for all your help in our consult session last week. It was amazing for me. You rock. We covered every single question I sent you in advance. And also, I really appreciate your letting me do that. Sending in advance was great focus for me. I've never hired a consultant before, and so I'm incredibly happy I did now. I have... And now I have a question about the fabulous equipment package I just received yesterday and my new Ederol. By the way, I can't believe how compact everything else is. It takes up no room at all. I thought, oh, where am I going to fit it? And it's, it's fabulous. So thank you so much for providing that. It made it easy for me, and it's, I can't wait to hear how it sounds. And that leads me to my question. I know you have a diagram about how you, you have your own equipment set up. And I love how you did that, especially posting both the unadulterated image first and then following it up with the second marked-up image. I wondered if there was anywhere on your site where I could find the same kind of diagram for the specific equipment in the packages that you sell, like the one I bought. I'm a visual learner, and it would be enormously helpful for me, and hopefully some of your other clients would like that too. Um, And since I'm unfamiliar with all the technical names of all the different parts and everything and where to hook up what, I fear blowing everything up by doing something wrong. Uh, Like, you should not have hooked the, what do you call it, to the thingamabob. Oh, no, that's the one thing you shouldn't do. So I'm chomping at the bit to get my first episode up with my fantastic audio package I got from you, but I have to figure this stuff out first, obviously. So I hope that um, you can answer that, and I appreciate all your help and what you do on the podcast Answer Man, and I know everybody who listens to you appreciates it. So on behalf of all your grateful, grateful listeners, 
Thank you and goodbye. Alrighty, thank you so much, Katie, for your questions. Uh, yes, I want to let you. Well, first of all, no, not right now, but yes, I am working on it. Um, you know, I, the equipment packages. One of the things that I have done is is recently updated them. I have cleared my schedule to as much as I can to work on digital media product creations, and the very next project that I'm working on is actually creating a step-by-step video tutorial for each of my vid- for each of my podcast equipment packages on okay so you bought package number 1 here's the mixer let me tell you everything you need to know about every knob on the Behringer 802 this is where you plug your microphone into if you're going into a computer this you're going to need this cable and it's going to plug it this is where it's going to plug into your computer if you have the Edderall recorder or any kind of other digital audio recorder you're going to need this cable and it's going to plug into here. Um, here are the knobs. This is the trim. This is where you're probably going to start it off. But the idea is to get it over to here. I'm going to walk through step by step by step. So there's going to be a, a, a step-by-step video training tutorial that will eventually be created for all of my equipment packages. And that is going to be something that is... Uh, you know, basically going to be included eventually in these packages. Of course, um, I, I haven't decided if I'm going to raise the price of the package and include those or if I'm going to leave the price of the package as it is and then add an additional fee. I have not decided which way to go on that, but those are coming. And I can tell you right now, uh, it, it would be my desire to get those done before I leave next week for uh, Boston. But... Goodness gracious! With the things as as they go the way they are, uh, some crazy things are going to have to happen with me setting some real big boundaries and guidelines on my time, and I, probably I should just commit to doing that. But anyway, I am excited about creating those products, and of course, as you know, Katie, I did tell you that I would include thirty minutes with you one on one to help you set that up. It's something I agreed to for you, so please feel free to get on my schedule. Oh man, I tell you. Tuesday and Thursday, I think, is already booked. Uh, but if you look, maybe you can get in there. I don't know. Uh, otherwise, it might be the following Tuesday. Anyway, folks, thank you for everything that you guys do. Thank you for the audio feedback. And uh, give me a call, 859-795-4067. Again, 859-795-4067. Ask your questions for Podcast Answer Man. And of course, uh, if you want to, you can uh, check out the show notes. There's going to be links to uh, that mic and the lighting system and a bunch of other good stuff there. And I think that'll do it. I'll be back again next week. God bless you all. Until next time, everybody, I encourage you to join the community. 